When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, and we are recording back yet again. It's Mr. Pat Scopoletti. I'm sure I'm always butchering your last name as always. And uh, Scopoletti. Scopoletti. It's Pasquale Scopoletti. Yeah, it's so easy. Pasquale Scopoletti. And then I've got, and then I've got, a, I've got a dirty Irish pig named Thomas Patrick Erdogan. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white Irish pig um and for anybody listening uh today is wednesday june 22nd 2022 it has actually been a week since i did the podcast i went out to visit my little brother and it was a hell of a weekend and i don't think i'm fully recovered and i think i caught something at the airport because i feel like dog shit and uh as you can tell my stomach just kind of burped up right there um which is why i'm also have bed head and wearing a hoodie because i this is how i feel right now but that's not an excuse well it is an excuse but it shouldn't be accepted Mr. Scobliti, please take it away, sir. Well, uh, when you invited me here today, we discussed uh, something that I believe is really, really important. It was important back in 2016 when candidate Trump created what we're going to be talking about today. It was important in 2018 when my wife and I wrote a book on topic called America First, the MAGA Manifesto. But today, right now, in real time, as we're heading into the 2022 midterms, and then as we're going to be building toward the 2024 you know, national election afterward, I believe that the 10 planks of the MAGA movement, and I don't know if you'll be able to show our audience the a screenshot of them or not, uh, but the 10 planks of the MAGA movement are becoming more and more important, Tommy. And one of the things that, you know, I, I razz you about uh, when we talk is that you have seemingly no recollection of 2016 because you were too young. <laughs> not, not, not too young. My life, uh, that was just like the lowest point in my life. And I say I had been involved in the previous two elections, or at least, you know, mentally engaged in 08 and 2012 2016 was was the lowest time of my life so the last thing i cared about was national elections to me it was like i, I had to put one shoe on every day like one shoe at a time so like i vaguely remember i, I vaguely remember yeah. trump getting the getting the the candidacy i vaguely remember i think i remember the first um debate between those two um and i remember I remember like walking downstairs to like use the restroom in the middle of the night and like seeing the TV on and it said like Trump wins. And I was just like, huh, Trump's president. <laughs> but it was I was so like unengaged with anything else, but like my immediate like mental health. that I was just like, huh, I guess the uh, I guess that guy's president. So that's about it, the extent that, wow. that I. So, yeah, that whole kind of insane moment in American history was like a it was like a light background noise to me at that time. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to indoctrinate you into the MAGA movement. You're going to become one of us. One of us. One of us. We're going us. to brainwash you with what Trump did to America. Gobble, one of us. 
just one more bit of context, and then we're going to dive in. So the list itself comes from his rallies. And something that uh, we were talking about briefly before the show started is that people back then in 2016, you know, on the other side, they were always saying, well, sure, he gets lots of people to his rallies. And yeah, they get all excited because, you know, he's, you know, he knows how to, uh, you know, throw them, you know, their red meat. Uh, But will the people at the rallies go vote? And those of us, you know, in the MAGA movement, we're going, are you watching? Are you looking at these people? They are definitely going to go vote. And so Trump proved in 2016 that when you do the rallies right and when you give the people what they need, they really work uh, by way of getting out the vote, more so than anybody could possibly have imagined before Trump did it. Well, another aspect, and this is the one that's so critical for what we're going to be diving into here, is that Trump tested his message. He tested the logic. He tested the historical background. He would tell historic. He sneaks them in, right? He's a much more intellectual guy than people give him credit for because he's such a showman and he's got so much glory about him all the time. And he's so fun, uh, you know, and he's got just this joyful spirit about him, but he sneaks all this history in and all of the intellectual material that people just really don't notice. Well, my wife and I definitely noticed. And the list that we're going to be working on comes straight from Trump's very last rally. I'm pretty sure it was in Michigan. It was the night, if I remember my dates correctly, the early morning of November 8th. Wasn't that the election in 2016? Mm -hmm. So it's the very last rally before the polling stations opened up in the morning. And he has perfected his message. So the verbiage, the content, the way, the stories that he tells and the sequencing. So point one leads to point two to point three. All of this has been perfected through the forging ground of Trump's rallies and Trump's brilliance and his phenomenal approach to doing rallies. He listens. That's a point we make in our book a lot, uh, that Trump listened to the people and listened for what would speak to them. And I think that as people go through this list, uh, they're going to be transported, not you, but the, but other people will be transported back to 2016 and feel what we felt all over again. And then we can talk about what is the meaning of the list and what is its use in a few minutes here. Do you want me to read the list out loud or do you have it in front of you, Tommy? Would you be uh, able to? I don't have it in front of me. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I've got it right here and I will be reading. I don't have it memorized. I'm sure the more of these I do, I soon will, yeah. but I'm about to read it right now. Beautiful. So there are these 10 points and we'll take them in order. Number one, remember the forgotten American. Number two, rule of law. Number three, American jobs. Number four, quality of life for every American. Number five, heal our cities. Number six, build the wall. Number seven, make America wealthy again. Obviously, we've seen what's happened with Biden making poverty, you know, the path of America. Make America wealthy again was Trump's number seventh point. Number eight, make America strong again. Number nine, make America safe again. And then number 10, the ultimate statement that awakened all of us back in 2016, make America great again, and the statement from which we get our name as a movement. 
So what I'd like to do right now, if it's okay with you, Tommy, is I'm going to stick to the order of the list. Sure. And I don't expect, uh, I don't actually expect anything, but I want you to maybe just guess or react. I'm going to read just the name of the plank and get any reaction you can give me. And if you need to hit me back, you know, we can go back and forth, but I'm going to do it in that order. Does that work for you, Tommy? Sure. All right, here we go. So plank number one, remember the forgotten American. So that like first, so kind of like Rorschach test. First thing that comes to mind is like, like NAFTA kind of stripping the manufacturing base from the, from the average guy. He didn't have to go to medical school or law school to be guaranteed a good life. You could be guaranteed at least a, a respectable, a respectable home, you know, a car, the nuclear family, and be able to have a moderate, a decent level of, of life. It seems like that was a lot of people call it the myth of the middle class, but it seems like that's what it was really post-war all the way up through the nineties, if not two thousands. Right. Well done. Absolutely. Right. And that person has always been forgotten by every politician that goes to DC becomes a card carrying member of the swamp becomes corrupt and totally forgets the people that voted for them. So those are the forgotten American. I'm going to give you one more, Tommy. From the field of economics, there's actually a formula. And it goes like this. Here's a politician. Here's somebody who wants a benefit. And here's somebody who's going to pay for the benefit. The politician, we'll call the politician A, and the person who wants a benefit B, and we'll call the person who's going to pay for it C. Uh, and, you know, there's just coincidence of which finger I'm picking. And if you're <laughs> The guy who gets so, fucked. When A and B talk, they always forget C. C is the forgotten American. So all of these people with all of these programs and all of their votes that they're selling in Washington, D.C., they always trump on, they stamp on, uh, they stampede over the forgotten American. And Trump never did that. He never did it during the campaign, never did it in his presidency, and he never will. If we don't trust anything else about trust, uh, Trump, and we trust a lot, but if we would never trust anything else again, you could always know he'll live up to this point, number one. Noted. Okay. Number two, rule of law. I mean, take this one away, Tommy. This is one of your things. Well, I mean, that one's kind of that one's kind of easy right now. So again, right now is Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022 at 2.20 p.m. Eastern. A lot of twos, 2.20 p.m. Eastern time right now. I mean, you can look at the, it is an actual law that you can't protest outside uh, the house of members of SCOTUS, which personally I, I kind of disagree with. I think you should be able to protest by all of them, but let's just take what the rule of law is. The rule of law is you can't do that. And we are seeing it endorsed right now. We're seeing that just like uh, the summer of 2020 to go out and get involved and be heard. We're hearing those very same things like uh, former uh, press secretary, John Saki said, you know, we support it, go out and protest, but that's it's in the U S code that that's illegal. Now, again, whether or not you support that being a law, regardless, it's a law. You can't do that. And we're seeing it right now where it's being selectively enforced, Right. That these laws are breaking our constitutional rights. So that particular one is the First Amendment. Yeah. And, you know, the right of free speech, the right to uh, uh, join together and assemble freely and to protest. It's all yeah. part of our First Amendment right. And that rule 
is breaking our fundamental constitutional rights. So then that might not be the best example to give because... Well, no, it's a great example, Tommy. Well, well, no, what I mean is that the the uniform uh, enforcement of law, they're not enforcing the law. They're saying go protest, which personally I I think you should be able to do. But if we're going to go buy the books, if we're going to go buy... Let's look at 2020. The virus... The virus is completely inactive during BLM riots. Right. It's just exactly. right. But God exactly. forbid a bunch of bikers get together. It's a super spreading event and they're killing your grandma. It's different laws for different people. So what it is, it's the uniform. It's a non-uniform it's, enforcement of laws. Exactly. And that's what Trump was promising us, that under his administration, there would be one law for all people. The historic phrase that I'm pretty sure you know, is we are governed by law and not by men. So it's not, I get to make a decision because I'm powerful and you're a schmuck because, you know, I don't like you and you're going to suffer and I'm going to use the court system and I'm going to use the police or I'm not going to send the police for your protection, but I am going to send them over there for that person's protection. And that is the rule of men, not the rule of law. The other thing to remember is that at those rallies, probably the single most enthusiastic rallying cry, and Trump did not like this one, and he was not the guy who started it, was lock her up. General Flynn got in trouble for that. Uh, My beloved brother, Al Baldessero, got in really deep trouble at the Republican National Convention summer of 2016 over this whole lock her up thing. We knew that Hillary Clinton had committed crime after crime after crime, that any of the rest of us would be thrown away, uh, thrown in jail, and the key would be thrown away. But her, she was 100% safe. So she didn't suffer under the rule of law. She was above the rule of law. And Trump promised us, and it is fundamental to the MAGA movement today and to American identity, that we must reclaim an equal and a just application of one rule of law for all people, regardless of who you are and who you are not. That's the real promise here. And here I want you to see there's a flow. When you forget certain Americans, you are destroying the rule of law. If you remember the forgotten Americans, you will rebuild rule of law. And so there's a sequence that Trump worked out that is pure genius. And that will apply, as we'll see in a moment, to number three. Number three, American jobs. Kind of goes back to number one. Yes, keep going. The creation of NAFTA, the stripping of the manufacturing base. I mean, one, not only is it a, not only is that a national security issue, as we saw with the lockdowns or the entire the entire COVID outbreak over the globe. It's no bueno when China can just turn off the faucet of our goods. It's also no good right now when uh, we're seeing you know the breadbasket of Europe, Ukraine, right? And it's also yeah. no good when we're seeing the potentiality of China taking over Taiwan and us losing our. Uh, our microchip manufacturing, our, our, we are non-manufacturing capabilities, so our dependence on Taiwan for microchips. It, yeah, it kind of ties back into number one, a domestic manufacturing base, not only for national security issues, but also for, I mean, really just for the well-being of the average American. Like you should be, you should be able to go, just go get a job. It's not going to be the flashiest job, but there was something decent about post-war America where you could get a job at a car manufacturing plant or at yes. a, 
at a shipbuilding facility or whatever. It's not Absolutely. there anymore. Or and even steel. steel. Yeah, the simplest thing, steel. Yes. Like we've gutted American steel over the last 77 years. And look at, that's a brilliant example. Uh, look also, Tommy, at oil with Trump sure. making oil independent for the first time in how many decades. And in two years, Biden has us with skyrocketing uh, oil prices, obviously inflation out the wazoo. Uh, number seven was make America wealthy again. Inflation makes us, uh, puts us on a path to poverty as opposed to wealthy again. Uh, and American jobs. So take a look at the pipeline, the Keystone Pipeline. Mm -hmm. 48,000 American jobs. Trump would have okayed that even if it had nothing to do with energy. He would have okayed it for the 48,000 American jobs because that's part of his America first agenda. And we as a movement have to incorporate this into all of our decisions, into all of the candidates that we vet. What are they going to do to bring jobs back home from abroad and place American jobs as high up on the list as Trump does here at point three. Sure. All right. Number four, quality of life for every American. And let's go ahead and throw in number five while we're here, heal our cities. If you put those two together, I think you're going to nail this one, Tommy. Well, they all kind of roll around with number two, right? Number two is. Rule yes. Of law, right. Well, number one, one, number one is the forgotten American. Number two is rule of law. What was number three? American jobs. American jobs. So if number four is, what was number four? If you can't quality tell, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. Every American. Quality of life for every American. And number five is? Heal our cities. All right. So, yeah. Heal our cities and quality of life. They, they, that ties in with American jobs. It does. If you don't have a job in the city, the city will be broken and wounded and you will not have any quality of life. Also, going back, like you said, you, you got this. Law. I know you got rule of law in the cities. They don't rule by law. So, you know, they've got no cop zones in the cities. How are those people going to enjoy any kind of freedom or quality of life? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really all kind of comes back to the first two. It seems like the rest are superfluous. Is, is a good I, I job and a uh, I, I would because each is an application so what you're seeing is a chain that is um placed against a true foundation you know a founding or a uh, anchor it's got a great anchor but each one is an application and each builds on the last and leads to the next oh yeah i guess in my mind i look at it as like number one and two are like are like bullet points and the the other ones kind of seem like they're they're sub bullets. Yeah. When it you comes, write the book, you write it that way. It's, well, yeah, well, <laughs> it's great. It come, no, it come, and I'm not I'm not messing with you. That really is a great way of looking at this. Well, it's the same thing as like there's only a handful of things I focus on in my life, and everything else is an outgrowth from them. It's it's eight hours of sleep. It is fifteen minutes of cardio. 15 minutes of weight, hydration, meditation, and at least an hour of audiobooks a day. So those are six things. Hmm. Everything else branches off of that. You can't do the podcast without the sleep. You can't do the workout without the sleep. You're not going to balance your budget if everything's not 
if you're not knocking on all cylinders. You're not going to be a good brother, a good son, a good friend, a good employee. So although my life, I could flesh it out to a thousand bullet points. Well, I do this. I interview this guy. I put this email here. I, I sure. check these guys. Sure. I Those are the big ones. But it all comes down to like, these are the things I do. Everything else sort of grows out from it. That's what I meant when I said it. Super oh, cool. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think you're going to find <sighs> that number six is almost the equal of numbers one and two in its importance. And that is build the wall. Sure. Well, yeah, it's again, it's the same thing as it's, it's no different than, than all of Europe, right? I mean, people are constantly looking to Europe and they, you know, it's, it's for as long as I've been alive, there's always this sort of, you know, in Europe, they do it this way. And it's like, well, in Europe, <laughs> they also have really strong borders. And they have really strong immigration issues. And if you want to move there, you got to show why you're valuable to the team, right? Absolutely. There's, you don't just walk on. There's like, what's your job? What's your specialty? How much are you dumping into this tax system? How much money are you making? They don't do that. And, and what? how much money is in your bank account that you're now, you know, placing here? Yeah. And not, o- not only that, I mean, in 2016, those those countries all fell flat on their faces when they took in a handful of immigrants. Yet, yeah, we've been looking at them like they're this idealized, like, no, no, like America is the one that's taken in 100 million immigrants over the last century and a half. So if you're going to look at them and say that they are the proper way to go, which sure, they have a lot of things about them that are good, right? I mean, they seem to have effective healthcare systems. They seem to have, you know, those Nordic countries don't look like a half bad place to live. Those places also have hyper strict uh, immigration rules. So if you're going to look at them and idealize them, and you can, you, you have to look at all things that they're doing and go, yes, again, if you're going to look at the podcast and go, I like it, you're also going to have to go, all right, well, maybe I should start sleeping eight hours a night. You can't pick, it, you can't, you can't pick them apart, right? Exactly. Also, if you look at those uh, Nordic countries, you made a point about how uh, they were struggling when they let a handful in. That is growing. And what they are finding, to, to my observation and reading, uh, they're finding that the homogeneity of the society is necessary for those systems to work. So people have to have the same assumptions and values. Be for ready those, to yeah. think, you for know, those small nations, yeah these taxes because I'm going to get this, you know, these weeks off in return and healthcare, et cetera. Now you bring people in who don't have that value system. And yet they're the ones that are now beginning to get larger and larger portions of the, of what is being paid by the tax burden of the others. And it throws the formula off and it all starts to falter. So, you know, the ideal part is, you know, somewhat questionable. And that's what those are. And that's fine for them. And then you look at the U S and we are built on, just the melting pot. There is no argument against that. That's what we are through and through from Irish and Italians to blacks and Mexicans. It's that's what we are. And that's great. And if, but if you're going to do it, there has to be order to it. I mean, I have two friends that just in the last three years have become American citizens. Like the American dream is still alive and well coming from Bulgaria, coming from Kosovo. You can do that, but it's a direct smack in the face to every person. I mean, another friend of mine, the first generation uh, immigrant from Mexico. Like these are all wonderful people. These are brilliant guys. It's a direct smack in the face to them and their families to not have a system that works where it's like, yeah, let them in. You got to have a process. It's not saying it's take exactly. them all out. It's, I mean, you go to a sports game and you go to the airport, 
you go to the airport, you're everyone's allowed to get a flight, but you do have to get in line. You got to put your bag through the x-ray machine. You got to walk through the backscatter machine and you can't be drunk. You can't be making threats. You can't be doing X, Y, and Z. Everyone gets to go through a short, fat black guy, a tall, skinny white guy, a girl in a wheelchair, whatever. Everyone gets to go through, but there is a process. You don't just get to run into the airport. If you do, you get shot. Like exactly. But we make it work. We have the busiest airports in the world. LAX. We have Hartsfield Jackson, Chicago O'Hare, JFK. It doesn't mean that they're racist. It just means that, dude, there's a process for the betterment of everybody. Where does it stand on the wall itself, Tommy? I think it's fine. Go for it. I don't care if it's a wall or if it's drones or whatever. You have to have a protected border. I'm not going to pretend like I know the history of of physical and placements, right? I mean, you could argue that the Maginot line didn't work at all. The, the Nazis North Atlantic wall didn't work at all. You could argue that. I don't know if it's a wall. I don't know if it's a digital wall. I don't know if it's a fence, whatever the fuck it is. Excuse my French. You have to have a strong border. I yes. don't know what it is. Is it turrets? Is it a, an electric fence? Is it a, I don't know, but you have to have a border. I don't give a shit how it's built. Gotcha. You have to have a wall. Myself, um, I take the wall all the way back to castles. Oh, no, it works. Oh, it works. Yeah. Regardless, I'm not going to. It's the hill I'm not going to die on is it has to be a physical wall. There has to be a border, period. Well, I I agree with you about the border. And I agree with you basically about an all the above strategy. Right. We have to have drones. We have to have. Do whatever it is. um, uh, uh, What do they call those things for earthquakes? It starts with an R that so that, you know, when they're digging tunnels. Oh, the the, uh, Richter. uh, Richter. Seismometer. That's it. Thank you for the word. I needed that. (laughs) You have to have seismometers. You have to have. complex computer analysis above and beneath the ground. So the people from the oil industry with all their geological surveys, you know, the work that they do going down and all the way up out into space and our uh, from GPS to our satellite system and our telecom, et cetera. All of it needs to come together at the border. However, I'm a total sucker for the wall itself. I love seeing that physical thing go up. I love the construction of it. I love the tangibility of it. And I'm inspired by it. And I take healing our cities. So that's point five is healing our cities. That wall on the southern border is part of how we're going to keep um, work integrity in our inner cities throughout the entire rest of the nation. Whereas when you got millions of people flooding in and being brought in as mules by the cartels, et cetera, when you got all of that influx, it is impossible for our inner because that's where they go. They go from the southern, you know, non-border. They go from there to our inner cities because that's where the cartels push them. That's where they're using them as drug dealers on the corners and whatnot. Um, And it's where the enclaves of immigrants have always, you know, my people ended up uh, on the south side of Chicago uh, for the exact same reason as, you know, the uh, South Americans and Mexicans coming across the border right now will end up in the exact same areas that my people came up in. It's always the same. And so without that wall, and that to use your language without the strong border, which I totally agree with, Tommy, um, we cannot heal our cities. So that's point six going back to point five. Sure. Yeah. Again, it's like uh, I'm not someone that I can't even begin to speak on, like, how to enforce a border, just like I'm not a doctor. But it, it's like sobriety. Some people have to go to like an inpatient thing. Some people can just kick a cold turkey in their bed. 
Some people have to go live with a family member. Some people need God. Some people need to be put in a medically induced coma. Some people need to be weaned off by a professional. Whatever it is, it's all sobriety. So I guess that's what my point is, is like, yes, I'm not going to argue about the, you know, I'm not going to go in and argue for Northrop Grumman on why they should build this plane or not. I'm not an Air Force tactician and I can't even pretend to be. So that's what I that's what I mean when I said I don't give a shit if it's a wall or it's a drone. That's Can not you accept my... build the wall as a command to our souls that includes everything that you've listed? As that's a what, well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like symbolically representative as opposed build, to build the wall to me just means a strong border. Right. It means a border that functions as a border where you control the inflow. I can't tell you that for those of us that were inspired by it back in 2016, the idea, the big, bold idea of building the wall was inspiring. It was thrilling. And it was exactly the kind of idea idea that we'd grown up our entire lives and spent our adult lives not hearing. Nobody ready to go down there and put a physical barrier up. Sure. And so that Trump's his uh, background is a skyscraper builder and construction man, uh, casinos and his work uh, like with the ice rink in uh, Manhattan, all of that. Uh, his construction mindset was thrilling to us. And build the wall was the one where it really came out the strongest back in 16. Sure. I want to put together uh, seven, eight and nine they're very similar. We could spend our time to, to pull them apart, but we are, uh, you know, we, we only have a short time today. So number seven is make America wealthy again. Let's see, I should do it this way. Seven. Number eight, strong again. And number nine, safe again. What are your reactions, Tommy? Again, they all kind of seem, they all kind of seem tied together. Wealthy again, domestic jobs, manufacturing. Not everything is a service economy that pulls into strength where did we get the manufacturing base we, we we got it going into and because of world war ii right i think to quote garrett graff from raven rock fdr using you at the united states manufacturing uh base built an armed forces so large as to defy description yes that all comes from that right the very yeah. things that you use in wartime are the same ones that you use to build steel to erect I'm gonna cities. and tell you that you have to remember that by 2016 after two uh terms of the obama administration our military had been gutted sure absolutely so, gutted and so it was questionable whether or not we'd ever be a strong nation again so the wealth that you're talking about that pays for the military. Those two absolutely flow together. However, strength as having a strong military uh, again is something that Trump absolutely accomplished and that Biden is attempting to tear down again. But we really did make a uh, tremendous difference in the Trump administration living up to number eight, make America strong again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think strong. Again, it comes back to like the core things for me. I'm like, if you provide jobs at home and you maintain your military, the rest kind of the rest kind of flows. Oh, yes. And I know that's I know that's kind of a cop out answer and it's a it's a blanket answer. But again, what I'm doing right now, the eight hours of sleep, 15 minutes cardio, 15 minutes of weight, meditation, an audio book or an hour of audio book a day. That's I did the same exact thing in college, but I did that to get into medical school. In high school, when I was hyper-focused on bodybuilding, it was the same thing. So to me, it's like, in my life, I've found that if you control the foundation, 
you can then go do anything. You can become a bodybuilder. You can get in a medical school. You can get in a pharmacy school or you can start a podcast. So again, it's like everything that we're talking about, safety, a strong border, blah, blah, blah. It all kind of comes down to a strong domestic economy and a strong military. Everything else kind of just Beautiful. flows out of it. Absolutely. That makes sense. Absolutely, yes. All right, so let's go to that last one, make America great again. What's your judgment on where that phrase stands in America today? Where, where it stands today? Yeah, you know, back then, it moved the nation and it uh-huh. awakened us. Uh, many of us, like myself, had never voted. I was not a voter sure. before the Make America Great Again movement. Um, I'd actually go out on a limb and say it's it's probably it's probably accepted more. Really? Not vocally. You're still going to have people that will never endorse it because orange man bad. But I think you have a lot of people who are never voters or, or don't care who are now starting to go, hey, man, I hate orange man too, but I can't fill up my gas tank. <laughs> or, a gallon of, or a gallon of milk is really, it's really costing me an arm and a leg. Yes. I think those, I mean, back to the points we've been making the simplest things can yes you you can do whatever you can really you can rule an empire however you want so long as you provide bread and circus exactly man man, they've they've taken away the bread it's like that's formula one to if you want to rule an empire you got to provide the bread they're not even providing the bread so what it comes back to is i think you'd have more people going yeah you know I think maybe before, and this is just me guessing or putting words in people's mouth, but I would imagine before 2016, people will look at the Make America Greater thing as just like a wildly nationalistic thing. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever, we are the best. I think people are looking at now and going, hey, there's not supposed to be food shortages in America. You look outwards, you go, it's supposed to happen in Africa. You're supposed to happen in Eastern Europe. They go, what the, how come, how come, how come foreign nations are flying in baby formula to us? Like, we're America. Like, so in that sense, like, hey, there is a very real connotation to make America great again. It's the very reason why people immigrate here. So I don't know. Or people are so brainwashed that they don't care. They'd rather have no food and pay through the ass for gas and food than to admit Orange Man was right. I don't really know. I have no idea. Well, I was surprised by your response right now, um, but partly because of something I call confirmation bias that I'm always afraid of, because I want your answer to be right. So sure. since I know I really want your answer to be right, I'm, I'm leery of letting myself, yes, yeah. you know, but you did the same thing to me in our last show together. Remember what you said about dirty tricks last time? You can't use them twice. Yeah. You can't use them twice. So you're not looking at election fraud as the gigantic threat scaring the pants off you the way I have that. I mean, it's been freaking me out. I have been I mean, scared out of my head. But your point about not doing a dirty trick a second time, um, you know, you got a way of getting to me, Tommy. You, you get in my head. It's election fraud. You could even, let's just hypothetically argue that there are, let's say a lot of people, let's say a lot of people looked at the 2020 election who voted against Trump and deep in the recesses of their mind that they'll never vocalize at a party. But they think that yeah, it was a little sketchy, you know, adult, just adults with a, and I'm not trying to like dunk on anyone or own the libs, but there's some people that might go, that is weird how all five states where Trump was leading the swing states paused at the same time. And then when the counting resumed, 99% of all subsequent votes were for one candidate, regardless of who it was for one candidate. 
but they thought Trump was such an existential threat to our republic that they said, hey, whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes to, to get us there. Sure. I mean, that's a bad mindset, but I, I get it. I understand the the very logic why a lot of us turn our turn a blind eye to see the CIA throwing coups all over the world is hey ultimately it helps us here at home and it's us or them. It's just the reality of it. I think right now you have a lot of people who again they'll never come out and say I voted for Trump. They'll never come out and say hey shit's fucked right now. But what they won't do, and again this is just a hypothesis, is they won't do those mental gymnastics over another fraudulent election they might they won't go yeah it was weird but whatever my guy got in they'll go hey that was weird and gas is 18 dollars a gallon (laughs) you might have people saying hey i didn't vote for trump and they'll be lying and they'll say i didn't vote for him but that election was weird people give a shit now i mean truly it's it's at the it's at home it's when it hits your pocket Everything else is a luxury issue. When we talk about, you know, should we send drones to Yemen or are you, you know, Roe v. Wade or those are all things that we can argue about because the electricity's on, the gas is, the, the tank in the car is full, the kids are going to school and go get groceries and it's not a thing you think about. When you start messing with the bread, well, now you get people who are starting to go, hey, dude, what the fuck? Yes. So I don't know. I don't, so in, in short, I think you'll have people that won't because I think you have a lot of I think you do have a lot of I have no I have no proof for it, but I would imagine you have a lot of it from 2020 people going that was hairy, but orange man's bad and Biden need to go in. So I'm not looking at it. Don't ask. Don't tell. Sure. Whatever. I don't think you're going to have that complacency in 2020. I don't think you're going to have them canvassing for Trump, but I don't think you'll have people kind of go all right yeah it's all hunky dory because they're gonna be going dude i can't take another four years of of cucumbers going up in value every week like i can't do another four years of chicken doubling every six months well my my point and maybe you know we'll wind down here (laughs) bless you um is that when trump woke us up in 2016 he really did know what he was doing so uh, regardless of how the points are structured, and these are his, this is his structure. I didn't creatively, you know, lay this out this way. This is taken straight from his rally work of the entire season. Uh, what he gave us, and this is a point I've been making ever since, is an intellectual foundation to build upon, so that the MAGA movement is not merely the noise of the conversation of the day. This is actually a historically founded, intellectually solid, robust and rigorous way of thinking about where America is and where it's going to go. And I believe that it takes us right back to our original founding uh, with the kinds of work that you see in the Federalist Papers, the work that led up to the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. I believe that we have in the MAGA movement and with our 10 planks, a kind of a time machine backward and a spaceship forward, if you will, this is that turning point where we're at that turning point where we're either going to save or lose America. And I believe that these 10 planks are the actual basis 
the intellectual and the spiritual foundation, Tommy, of what it is that we've got to achieve as a people if we're going to save this nation. Yeah. And also, it's like, I'm just thinking, like, I was listening to a comedian, Ray Comp, and he kind of made the same point. Where he was like, you're supposed to provide the bread and circus. And he was like, and this this was from, like, a year ago, kind of before, I guess, prices started shooting up. So he wasn't talking about bread. But he was going, the circus part, he was like, how stupid, he's like, how stupid, they're overplaying their hand. He's like, he goes, the circus part is now so woke that you can't, you get home. The thing you used to do is you'd get home from the shitty job and you'd get home from, you know, not pay attention to the, you know, the Pentagon just kind of running roughshod around the world. But it didn't matter because you had bread and circus. But now you get home and turn on the TV and all it is is scolding you for being a white male. Like, yes. And now we can look at it in 2022 is they're not even provide. So they've taken away the bread and they've taken away the circus. What do you expect? Exactly. I don't know what else to tell you. You've taken away the bread and you can't turn on TV without being yelled at for being a a heterosexual white male. I I don't, I I don't know what to tell you. It's mind boggling. If I, I I don't think they're managing their hand properly at all unless and, unless of course this is all intentional to provoke a response well i don't give them that much credit i i, I almost wish i could but i yeah. don't i don't i don't know well the people i give credit to are the people that were at trump's rallies and the people that respond to these 10 points the way you have thoughtfully you don't automatically agree you've got um you've got your own critique that you're comfortable with. You, you know it comes right on out of you but you're really thinking it through. And in the end, I think you know where you stand and you help us understand by sharing that, Tommy. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's been great being here. Of of course, Pat. (laughs) Wind us down, my man. No, no, no. I'm just, no, sorry. I'm, I'm just thinking. That's, I think you brought up a valid point is the confirmation bias. Because you get nowhere if it's just a bunch of guys that agree with each other. Exactly right. That that's that's great for sporting events. That's great when you're hanging <laughs> out with your buddies in high school and you're watching a football team. Yeah, you're supposed to kind of turn off your brain. You know, fuck the other team. Our team's the best, and drink. That's the point of it. Is it's yeah. the bread and circus? <laughs> Don't you can't do that when you're talking about like domestic, and beer. Yeah, but you can't do that when you're talking about like domestic politics and things that are affecting your wallet. You don't want to have a bunch of yes men. Because it's like, hey, we actually have to get to the source of it. So I guess that's what I would suggest to people is don't don't look up what the consensus is. Like when a point comes up, don't look up what the Republican consensus is. Or if you're a liberal, don't look up and think, what are the don't look online and look what do the other Democrats think? What do you think? Yes. When you're told there is no right, right or wrong answer. Don't when you're getting the Rorschach test from the doctor, don't go. What are mom and dad? What, what were mom and dad's answers? No, 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 no. What do you think? Because that's how you get to the other side. Do you think about you see it and you think anxiety? Do you think do you look at it and think childhood trauma? Do you look at it and think a hopeful future? Answer things earnestly. And I would I would I would say to people, well, you know, I'm scared about what other people will think. No, and I always say this is when you have a like I said earlier, people look at the 2020 election. Don't I'm not telling you to voice voice your opinion. I mean, in the deep recesses of your mind where there's no one there to judge you, what does your gut tell you? What do you really think of this, that, or the other thing? 
and just go from there. And that I think is, you know, not to quote the CIA because they seem to be demons, but the truth will set you free. But that's <laughs> that's what I think the importance of. A little of bit older is. than the CIA. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the CIA quotes it. Whoever the hell doesn't matter. Point is, <laughs> be be realistic in things. Don't look up what's the Republican consensus, what's the Democrat consensus. When you come across things leading up to the elections, on what do you really feel? Answer it in your own mind. You can say whatever you want on Facebook. Be like, I voted against Trump. If that makes you feel better, go for it. But when it's your time to to go into the booth and vote, answer for yourself and for nobody else. And you then you can lie about it afterwards. You can say you voted for whoever. It doesn't matter. You can Trump could win all 50 states. Hey, you can still go out and lie and say you didn't vote for him. That's fine. You're allowed to do that. That's what I would say. Just think for yourself. There you go. Think for yourself internally. And then if you gotta go lie on Facebook or your group chat, go for it. I don't <laughs> That's all I got, Pat. Close the box. Right, Thanks again. It's of always course. great being here with you. I always learn from you. Oh, you. Stop it. Oh, I do. All right. Pasquale Scopelletti. Did I do it right? Scopelletti. Pasquale Scopelletti. Thomas. But not in the notes. Drop it down a little. Scopelletti. Pasquale. Scopelletti. Pasquale Scopelletti. Bravo. Not the Scopelletti. No. Scopelletti. Yes. From the chest, from the heart. heart. All right, my man. All right, brother. Pat, I know you got to run too. I will send this to you when it's up and uh, look forward to the next one, brother.